0: You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thank you. Wow, how are we all today? Good. Good to see you all again. It's been a while. Anyway. (laughs) Awkward silence. (laughs) Alright, so I'm just going to get straight into it because I've got time. You know, no delaying over here. So today I'm going to be speaking about stepping into your promised land. And my hope today is that you'll be able to take away some practical steps that you can apply to your life. So when I say promised land, it means your calling, your destiny, the plans that God has for your life. So my title is Dare to Begin. And we're stepping back in time to begin again. So we're going to Joshua today. So, if you head to Joshua 1, we're going to journey through the start. We don't have time to do the whole Joshua. Sorry, that's another day. So, (laughs) Chad, next week. All right, so I've been working on this sermon for about four weeks and, you know, back and forth with God, as you do when you're preparing a sermon, and last night... God decides to talk to me a little bit more about this, I'm like, "My oh God, <laughs> please, we've been through this, we've, we've <laughs> finished, I've got my sermon on my paper, I'm ready to go, and then he just decided to give, I don't know, it was like a weird, it wasn't a dream, it was like I was awake, but experiencing everything that was happening back in this time, it was it was really amazing, um, glad I wasn't there, because it was pretty gruesome, but, It was good to experience in a dream (laughs) thing, dream thing. So today, (laughs) you're going to use your imagination. I want you to step back in time with me today. I want you to, if you've heard this story a thousand times, pretend like you've never heard this before because today we're going to open this like you've not seen before. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's a bold claim. (laughs) That's why I'm wearing my yellow jacket. So... (laughs) Um, So, yes, when you open the book of Joshua, the Israelites have just come to the end of one long journey. So, God has been with his people every step of the way. The Israelites have been on this huge journey from leaving slavery to entering their promised land. So, the book of Joshua, the whole book tells this marvelous and long-awaited story of God's people finally taking their promised land, the possession of the land that God swore to Abraham 450 years earlier. A land that they'd only heard about, that they'd fought for and imagined. So they've seen all these miracles. They've they've seen food being provided for them. They've seen battle spies entering the land and miraculous river crossings. They've seen the the Red Sea being parted for them to walk through, a division of the land uh, spread among the tribes, just so many more things that they've seen. And here, the Israelites are standing on the edge, waiting to step over that line. And God promises that his faithfulness will continue. So last night, God showed me. It was kind of a funny, funny vision. This was not a funny story, but it was a funny vision. It's not a funny story. It was a gruesome story. uh, Jericho over there and these spies over here, bushes, you know, scrub, the spies, there's two of them with their binoculars, (laughs) scouting out the land, you know, like in the movies. And Josh was like, all right, go, scout out that land, right? So, this is this vision that I saw. And it was, you know, this big city gates of Jericho, this massive, built, like, it's enclosed in walls, so this is what I saw, can you see that, like are you guys, yeah, you guys can picture that, it's not a funny story, it was a funny picture, yeah. <laughs> it's a very gruesome story, so I want you to picture that throughout this message today, alright, the spies, scouting out the land, so I have three areas in which I believe are significant in stepping into our promises. So, open to Joshua 2. We're going to start there. We're going to go back and forth a little bit. So, step number one, letting go of the past. I love this story. We have been redeemed and we have been set free and we're going to start with Rahab today. Has anyone preached about, like, heard about Rahab or, yeah? I hadn't really, um, so that's cool. I didn't really think too much about Rahab, but she was quite a... um, significant uh, person, I guess, in this story. So Joshua 2 verse 1, Joshua son of Nun secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove saying, go and scout the land, especially Jericho. So they left and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. My imagination last night was, how did these spies get in there? Because Back then, there's city gates. What, were there guards standing? I don't know. How did they get in? Did they look differently? Did they have their little fake moustaches? I don't know. So, they somehow got into, the, into Jericho. Um, and so, they're there. They come to Rahab. So, Rahab is known and introduced here, as well as in Hebrews 1 and James 2 as a prostitute named Rahab. So... I believe she intuitively knew that being a prostitute was not her promised land, that there was something better for her. And I will explain more on that in a minute. But could she have been thinking of different ways to use this weird experience of these people coming to her to get out of her current situation? She was a prostitute. She would have had men come to her door. Now all of a sudden these two men have come to her door did she trust men? I don't know. How did she know that she could trust these two people to keep her safe? Could she have been thinking that this isn't what she was created for? And could she have been thinking that there was more for her life? That if God saved the Israelites, maybe too he could save her. So now we have Rahab hiding the spies upstairs. And the king of Jericho takes word that there's spies in, the, in their land. So he sends people to her door and says, where are the spies? And she said, they've gone. Um, And she sent them on a wild goose chase to find them, which they weren't running away. They were hiding upstairs. So smart move, Rahab. So let's go to 2 verse 8. Before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And that the terror of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. Now this miracle had happened 40 years ago at this point, And they were still talking about it. That just mind blows me. And on another note. The Egyptians left the Israelites alone for 600 years. It took a very long time for the Egyptians to forget how powerful God is. <laughs> Just needed you to learn that one. So, continuing on, when we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I showed kindness to you. So Rahab had heard of the stories of God's faithfulness to his people as the news travelled around Jericho. So I wonder what was running through her mind when she heard of these stories. Her neighbours were afraid because of what they'd seen and heard or panicked as the Bible says but I believe it was a different kind of fear that Rahab was beginning to understand, one that made her sacrifice logic and act out of faith. Was she coming to the fear of the Lord? I don't know. She knew the risk she was taking by hiding the spies, yet in her emerging faith, Rahab trusted that the God who dried up the waters of the sea and brought the slaves out of Egypt could also rescue her. And that's what he did. The faith-filled actions of Rahab began a new chapter of redemption in not only her story but also in the Israelites when they were able to go in and conquer the land that God had promised them. That same powerful God who preserved his people in mighty ways is the God who saw Rahab and called her to himself. He is the God who took a womanly commonly labelled by her sin and made her a woman... Permanently labelled by his grace. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under law, but under grace. That's a good verse. And more on Rahab. The famous faith passage in Hebrews 11 lists Rahab among the heroes of faith. James 2.25 calls Rahab an example of those who are justified in Christ. And In Matthew 1, verse 5, this is my favourite, we see Rahab the prostitute listed in the very lineage of Jesus Christ. What if she didn't hide the spies? What if she dobbed dobbed them in to the king of Jericho? This story would have changed dramatically. Would she be listed in in the genealogy? No. So do you see the exquisite thread of truth in Rahab's story? No matter the label that we give her, her true identity is given by the God who created her and who redeemed her. And you can see where I'm going with this because that is the same for us today. Our label comes from God. His label for us is the only one that matters. So what happens when we have faith in God and we let go of the past? It disempowers the things that are holding us back allowing us to move forward into the things that God has for us. It's true that our past experiences shape the way we view current circumstances and situations, but there comes a time when we need to stop focusing on those things that happened in the past in order to move forward. I'm not saying forget the past, but with the power of God, we can break that oppression, that thing that stops us from being who God created us to be today. We can learn from our past but we cannot use it as an excuse anymore to keep us where we're going. Rahab left behind what was familiar, what she knew, a part of who she thought she was to to take her place in her true identity. She had to leave that behind in order to be who God was calling her to be. Some things just aren't worth holding on to when it comes to taking our place in the kingdom. Rahab didn't allow fear to rule her life. She allowed her fear to turn to faith. And it was her fear that transformed her from an unbelieving heathen to a heroic woman who worshipped God. Powerful story, Rahab. Point number two, present, Embracing the now and overcoming fear. So the wilderness was never meant to be a 40-year journey. We all know that. I do totally agree with wilderness experiences because in that season we're strengthened, we learn more about ourselves, about what we're capable of, but we are never meant to build a house there. We are never meant to dwell in in the wilderness. We are meant to step into our destiny at some point. The Israelites had a choice to be fearful or faithful. And which one we choose... Determines our destiny. Will you choose to be fearful or will you choose to be faithful? Joshua one verse two says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them. So they knew that their leader, Moses, the one that they're familiar with, is dead, but the promise, the vision, is still very much alive. And the word arise here means to rise, to be powerful, to come on the scene. It's like God's inviting you. Come on, come on the scene. Be part of what I have for you. But you need to enter, you need to step into that. So when God says arise, he says start moving towards the things you desire, the things that you've been believing for, the things that he's put on your heart his promise for your life, your dreams. In other words, get up, get going, stop talking and do something. Start pursuing his promises. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. (laughs) If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. So find it and live it while you can. Before the children of Israel entered the promised land, they were following miracles. But now, the miracles are following the children of Israel. I can't do a sermon without talking about miracles. Sorry. (laughs) There may be a miracle that we're seeking for our own lives. And yes, keep contending for that. But it shouldn't limit us or stop us from praying for other people in need of a miracle. We live in a time spiritually where miracles should be following us. Miracles need to be talked about. Ones from the past are great, but current ones, fresh ones, are better because it keeps it alive. So if you've experienced a miracle recently, talk about it. Talk about it because they catch people's attention and they prove who Jesus claims to be. Miracles demonstrate the kingdom of God here on earth today and that's what the whole New Testament is about, kingdom of heaven on earth now. Some of us here may believe we can't be used for miracles or that we don't have the faith for them. This used to be me, it used to petrify me to pray for people, just pray for people, not even for a miracle. Because, what if God didn't do something? Like, what if they didn't experience the miracle? But I learned in that it's not my burden. It's not my burden. If a miracle doesn't happen, that is God's burden. So, I just tried. I just stepped out one day and tried. And it was fine. (laughs) It wasn't scary at all. I mean, sometimes people didn't have a miracle and sometimes they did, but I didn't have to explain why it didn't happen. And that's a freedom that we need to walk in. Some of us may be so desperate for a miracle that we believe, if God isn't giving me mine, how or why should I pray for somebody else for their miracle? But I have great news for everybody here today. Who's excited? (laughs) Good. (laughs) Every person in this room who has asked for the Holy Spirit to live inside them can be used for miracles. You have the God inside you, if you did not know this before, you have the God inside you that split the sea for the Israelites to walk away from the Egyptians. You have the God inside you that provided food for his people when they were in need. You have the same God who brought healing to the deaf people, to the blind people, to the mute. And there are so many more stories that you can read about in the Bible. (laughs) I don't have time to go into them all. I would love to. But this whole book here in front of you is full of them. So read about them. There were so many miracles that took place in the Bible, right? So I imagine if all of these marvellous and miraculous events that God did happen right in front of your eyes? What would you think? What if you saw, what if you were there when the the waters, you know, went high into the sky for miles and miles? What if you saw Jericho falling down because you walked around there seven times? What if you saw the bread being distributed out? I preached on that a while ago. What if these miracles happen right in front of your eyes? Just imagine, you're not going to forget that. You're not. The same thing can happen today. When you pray for someone and you see a healing, you're not going to forget that because it's amazing to see what happens when you get to be part of what God is doing and seeing miracles happen in front of your eyes. So maybe what we need to do is just have a go. If you're afraid, take someone with you. Just have a go. Just step out. You cannot fail. If nothing happens, it's okay. It will be okay. So dare to have a go. One of the first times that I overcame fear in praying for someone was we were in lead-up to go to a missions trip and um, I was petrified. And the leader that we were going with, amazing, just absolutely anointed, no fear, whatever. Like, she just went for it. And she knew that I was a bit afraid, so she says, come on, like, why don't we go out on the street? I'm like, sure, no one knows me. We'll do that. That's a good place to start. Not that anyone knew me in church, but, you know, we'll just go out on the streets because that's not scary at all. So <laughs> we um, approached this lady. And she said, we asked her, do you have any pain in your body? And she, she did, and she was a bit... Weirded out by this, but you know, we got to pray for her and uh, she saw healing. It's amazing when you see an unsaved person healed because they do not hide what is going on. So, that's just a simple testimony of a long time ago where I overcame that fear and stepped out and just had a go. I could have said no to going on that street and I could have said no to seeing that miracle, but I said yes. I embraced the fear and I just did it and it was amazing so what you can do is say hey I'm gonna pray for you have you got a miracle that you need and they say yes you say well I'm practicing can I partner with you you put a disclaimer out in front of them you say I'm just practicing (laughs) so that if nothing happens it's okay you're practicing (laughs) not that you need to do that because you will see a miracle I'm just giving you a reason, you know. Lighting it up because it's easy. something you can do. So moving on. Joshua 1 verse 5 to 9 says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. God sees no one, no person capable of having dominion over you. Dominion, that's a powerful word. What I mean by dominion is that no person has the ability to control you No one has the power to stop you from doing what God's asked you to do. Not by what they say, not by what they do or don't do. You have every freedom in you to go after what God has called you to do. There is nobody, not even the enemy, can stop you from things that you're meant to do. Furthermore, no thing, no person, no thing can control you or stop you. Not money, addiction, anxiety, depression, any area in your life that you feel powerless or hopeless. You have the ability with Jesus Christ to break the power that that could have over you because you were created to be free. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. It is clear that we're to be in the Word of God, not just on Sundays or when times are tough. Putting the Word to action every single day within us is a continual process. Have I not commanded you... Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For I, the Lord your God, is with you wherever you go. Isn't that the best verse? It's a command to be strong and courageous. He's not saying you have a choice to be strong and courageous. He's saying be strong and courageous. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is the ability to act in the presence of fear. Courage is the strength to do something despite being afraid. You can still be courageous and still feel fear, but you don't allow that fear to dismantle you, to take you out of the game. How do you become courageous, you ask? By reading, by speaking, by trusting and acting on the word of God. Every opportunity to fear is also an opportunity to trust. And Joshua knew he could trust God. The Lord's presence was the reason for Joshua's courage, and the same for us today. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that we can rely on, that we can trust to get over present hurdles, which leads me to the next point keeping our eyes on the promise. Though we live in the present, it is with excitement that we can look to the future. The present is the training ground for when we reach or step to our promised land, our destiny. Joshua 1 verse 3 says, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. The Israelites still had to do something. They still had to step out, even though the Lord said, I have given you every place. It doesn't exclude their responsibility to act. To step out in faith and take what is given. So you may have to fight some battles. You may have to face some fears to enter your promised land, to step into your destiny. The promise that God has given you is what you hold on to when you're fighting those battles and facing those fears. You must remember what God has spoken to you and speak it out. Declare it. Talk to yourself. One thing that I like to do, which you can also do if you like, I have many journals. One, I've written down all my testimonies and miracles that I've seen so I can go back to this is what God has done. I can remind myself what God has done in the past so I can hold on to hope that he will come through again. I have another journal. This is my process journal. I write down everything. You do not want to read that one everything that is going on inside here I just write it out I ask God questions I ask a lot of questions and then I wait for an answer that one I go back to so when I'm in a similar season I know I can read his answers what he's told me in the past as well as writing new current things and that encourages me in the season I'm at I have one where I write all my prayer requests out, and that one's pretty cool. I also write the dates where um, I've I've seen the answer, where God's answered that prayer and how we did it. So that one is like a checklist. It shows me that God is currently working in my life. And I also have a promise journal, one that I have written all the words of God that he's given me, that I've had prophecies over. I put them all in my promise journal to remind me of where God is taking me. So you can do that too if you like. Um, But in this, I can see that he was with me before. I can see that he is with me now. And I can see that he has gone before me into my future. But you do have a choice. And when you partner with God in your choice, you will be unstoppable because choices with God... Are powerful. So, will you stand up to the battle? Here's your choice. Will you stand up to the battle with the full armor of God, with Him locked arms right next to you, or will you retreat? Will you stay where you are? When you fight the battle, there is a victory that happens. When you face your fears, there is a victory that happens. You cannot be defeated when you fight your battle with Jesus by your side. When you retreat, the battle is just going to keep coming up. It's just going to keep popping up here and there in different seasons of your life. I've learned that by experience. <laughs> so, even though the initial fight is hard, once you've seen victory, you will not have to go through that again. Retreating, although it may seem easy, you're really just hiding under a rug. It's not an easier option. So... Stand up, overcome, because you are victorious. You are powerful, because you have the God of the whole earth living inside of you. And if he's done it before, he will do it again. You can read about all of that in the Bible. He's done it before, he will do it again. In your own life, he has done it before, he will do it again. So we now have in Joshua 1, verse 10 to 18, Joshua reminding the people of the words God has spoken, reminding them of the promise and vision that Moses had, preparing them for what's about to come. He says, I kind of paraphrase this, Get provisions ready for yourselves and your family, for within three days you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, Remember what Moses commanded you when he said, the Lord will give you rest and he will give you this land. He didn't say it's going to be easy. He said, remember that the Lord will give you rest and he will give you this land. So they went into this battle already victorious because they knew God was going to give them the land. They still had to fight and they didn't fight weakly. They put up a good fight because they also believed that God would keep his word. They held on to that promise throughout the battle. As they're fighting, they remembered, I will be given rest. When they were tired, I will be given rest. (coughs) They knew rest was coming. They knew abundance was coming. All they had to do was get over this hurdle now. Perhaps we need people in our community people around us who we trust to remind us who we are, where we're going, what God is doing. When we're in a battle or when we're facing our fears, get around people to remind you because sometimes facing our fears is one of our biggest battles. Perhaps no one knows of the promises on your life. Perhaps you're the only person. So maybe today is a day that you'll tell someone you trust what your dreams are, what your desires are, what God has spoken over you. Maybe you've never even thought about it. Maybe today's a good day to think about it. Asking God questions. So when it is hard, you can go to them and they will remind you what what you have said to them because that's what God told you. And God so much wants us to live in abundance to live in the promise that he has called us to and at the very least we are promised a life of freedom when we choose to follow God and if we aren't living in complete freedom then we aren't living in the the fullness of the cross which Jesus died for. We are his people. The Israelites were his people. Through the power of the cross, we have been set free from fear, free from bondage, and we can freely walk into our promised land. The cross gives us access to our destiny, and through the cross, we can boldly walk into our promises. You can come up now, Chad, if you like. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the tomb. Jesus rose from the dead. He lived so we can live. Doesn't this prove the power of the cross? Chains didn't stop him. The enemy didn't stop him. People couldn't stop him. Hey, come on. Nobody, no thing could hold him back. He kept his eyes on the promise as he was walking towards his destiny. And his promise was you. We can let go of the things holding us back just like Rahab did. She left that life behind and she chose God. We can leave our fears behind and we can choose to be fearless. Fearless. To be free and that is a choice that we can make today with the power of God because he is, he is here just like he was there, he is here today, Holy Spirit is here today and that is the wonder of the cross, our destiny is there for the taking, that is our promised land so dare to begin Dare to see what will happen in front of your eyes if you just have a go, if you just step out. Every foot forward is another step on the journey of coming home to a place we've never been before. God has a plan for every single person here just as he did for the Israelites. And today, maybe you've forgotten what the promises are in your life. Maybe you've never thought about what the promises are. But today is a new day and you can begin again. Maybe I've reminded you of some things that God's spoken over you. Maybe you didn't even know that God has thought about your future. Maybe there's something that's holding you back that God reminded you of today. Maybe there's a hurdle, a battle, a fear that you need to overcome. Maybe you need to be set free from something. The Israelites were set free by the power of God And that same God is here today. So whatever you need today, you can ask Holy Spirit. And your future begins today, even though we're in the present. Because you can do things now towards your future. So stand up. Raise your hands. I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what step are you calling me to take? And just wait. Holy Spirit, what do I need to do to move forward? Is there something in the past that you're asking me to let go of? Father, I pray that you just remind everybody here today of the promises that you've given them. Father, if people haven't heard your voice before, God, I pray that they will hear your voice today, that they will hear the steps that you're calling them to take today. God, I pray for promises just to drop in this room. We thank you for your presence. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.